Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, Mr. News, hit it! Next on the Ledger Report, Deep State Ukraine. Why is Vladimir Putin so fixated on this old Soviet bloc nation? The answer lies within the hackneyed phrase, follow the money. We will examine the truth behind the war in Ukraine and why Joe Biden and company care so much. Also, the masks may be gone, but the damage is done to millions of school children. We will examine the possibly irreversible damage to entire generations of Americans, plus the incredible lie being told by Marxist idiots in Congress about the $1.5 trillion spending plan and how you can and must take back your culture, your language, and your God. Stand by. The doors to the newsroom are locked and the PC police are not getting in, so sit back and relax as we unfold this edition of the Ledger Report. And of course, we're keeping our promise to Ukraine by providing nearly $14 billion in humanitarian and military aid. This means food and shelter for the millions trapped in war, relief for the now 3 million refugees fleeing the country, and funding to transfer javelins, stingers, and other anti-tank and anti-aircraft weapons to the Ukrainian fighting forces. The Ukrainian people are not alone in their struggle against Vladimir Putin's savage war. I commend my colleagues on both sides of the aisle who accelerated the passage of this emergency funding. And I again commend President Biden for his handling of the crisis to date. As I said weeks ago, the President deserves immense credit for keeping the Allies together against Putin, imposing crippling sanctions on Russia, and responding to a turbulent conflict with clarity and with strength. Some were pushing the President to do too much too soon risking an escalation of the crisis and risking that our allies would not join us. But so far, the president's approach has been right on target. Thanks to the president's approach, Putin is now one of the most reviled and isolated leaders that the world has seen in a very long time. For this reason alone, signing the omnibus into law is a major accomplishment. And I thank the president, Senators Leahy and Durbin, and our, all our appropriators and members of both sides of the aisle for getting it done. First of all, anytime Chuck Schumer is happy, you know there's a problem. You know that the Republicans have caved, or you know that the Democrats have so much power in Washington, D.C., that the Republicans have no way to stop it. So when Chuck Schumer is happy, be afraid. Be very afraid. And as far as a strong president of the United States, a strong occupant of the Oval Office, Joe Biden, I don't think strong and Joe Biden go in the same sentence for anybody who has any kind of brain, and certainly not our enemies. President Xi 
when he looks at Joe Biden, he's licking his chops. And President Xi, by the way, is the big beneficiary, isn't he, in the long run of what is happening in Ukraine. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. Vladimir Putin, Russia is our enemy. People like to say that Russia isn't our enemy, but Russia is our enemy. Our friends don't have nuclear warheads pointed at my daughter's home. If Russia was our friend, then Putin wouldn't have nuclear warheads pointed at my daughter's home. Russia is not a friend. But when people look at Joe Biden as the occupant of the White House, Putin and Xi and the little rocket man in North Korea and Cuba, whoever's leading that country now in the, in the communist genre down there, they don't see a strong leader. Nobody sees a strong leader. They see a patsy which is exactly what Joe Biden is. He is a patsy for the Marxist Democrat Party. Now, as, as far as Ukraine is concerned, you know, I am a recovering member of the mainstream media. It is a 12-step process. I'm on step number 11 and a half. I have a chip, a token, that reminds me that I'm not on the, the 12th step yet, but I'm on my way to recovery. And I know these people. I worked with these people. And they know they're not stupid. They know Hunter Biden is corrupt. They know Joe Biden is corrupt. And they see the link. I know they see the link. They're just not reporting the link between funding, quote, the war in Ukraine and Hunter Biden's and Biden and his malfeasance that took place in Ukraine also. There's no coincidence here that all of this is happening. And oh, by the way, that President Trump was ostensibly taken to task and tried uh, by the, the Congress of the United States, impeached for his phone call with Ukraine. There is no coincidence here. Ukraine has become a flashpoint on this planet. Why? Why is Ukraine? For multiple reasons, and we'll get into that in just a minute. But the way to think of Ukraine right now is the Wild West. It's the gold rush of 1849 with a deep state twist to it. There is massive corruption in Ukraine. There's no doubt about it. And Vladimir Putin is in there for a multitude of reasons, personal reasons, strategic reasons, oligarch reasons. And you must look at it from that perspective when you see what's going on in Ukraine. And why does Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and company care about funding, quote, the war in Ukraine? Because there are dirty little secrets buried in Ukraine. That's why. Now, Putin has a long track record in that region of the world. In 2014, of course, Putin annexed Crimea. Today, of course, 2022, he's inside Ukraine. But why? Why in a post-Soviet era is Putin targeting that region repeatedly? Joining me now from Rome, Italy, former member of the Foreign Policy Advisory Panel to the Trump 2016 presidential campaign and author of Deep State Target, How I Got Caught in the Crosshairs of the Plot to Bring Down President Trump, George Papadopoulos. George, when we look at the deep state and we look at Ukraine, as I tried to allude to just a couple of minutes ago, it's not as simple as just Russia invading Ukraine, is it? 
Well, uh, thanks a lot for having me, Graham. It's a real pleasure to be with you. And look, you're, you're absolutely right. There is nothing further than the truth that this is some sort of black and white uh, story with uh, an antagonist and a protagonist, a good and a bad guy, uh, like Zelensky versus Putin. That's the way that the mainstream media has wanted to simplify an incredibly complex situation that goes way beyond uh, simply geopolitics. I actually I had the privilege to spend a lot of time in Ukraine uh, this past summer where my uh, wife was working on a documentary um, regarding the 30 years of so-called independence of Ukraine. And uh, the documentary came out about a month ago and uh, she interviewed basically the founders of Ukraine, uh, oligarchs, uh, ex-prime ministers, presidents, you name it. Uh, she had an opportunity to sit down, and I was along on this trip with her. And this is a country which, while it might have been uh, so-called independent from the Soviet Union for 30 years, it was never independent from corruption and different interests that had uh, put their tentacles in this country. This is a country that essentially was being utilized by uh, deep state um, operatives, specifically in the Democrat Party, and the military-industrial complex to really uh, do two things at once, to encroach on uh, Russia's border with NATO, which if you're defending the military-industrial complex and NATO expansion, that's one thing. But the second thing is the um, in investment by people like Hunter Biden. You'd had uh, the son-in-law of Nancy Pelosi also involved over there with uh, specific dealings. And this really feeds a perception of a pay-to-play situation in which uh, high-level Democrats are being um, compromised by dirty money in Ukraine. And it really leads to the question, why is Biden now so involved in this war? Why is Nancy Pelosi so involved in this war? And most importantly, why does Vladimir Putin feel the need to invade Ukraine whenever Joe Biden is in a significant leadership position like in 2014 and today? These are questions that have yet to be answered. It's interesting. And you look at the bio labs, for example, uh, that clearly are there and clearly have been funded either directly or indirectly uh, by the United States. Uh, Vladimir Putin uh, now has access to those. He has access, obviously, to Chernobyl uh, as well. It's, the, the, the key thing is what happens next in terms of what gets out or what may not get out and what kind of dirt is he going to have on Joe and Hunter Biden? Think about this, George. I mean, he could find the paperwork, the paper trail that President Trump has been alluding to vis-a-vis uh, -vis Burisma and Hunter Biden and Joe Biden that you and I have been wondering about now for several years. And look, uh, just today, um, the uh, New York Times was uh, finally uh, had to admit that they had a mea culpa, meaning that uh, the Hunter Biden laptop was a real story. Don't forget, uh, the Hunter Biden laptop story was a censored story leading up to the U.S. presidential election. It was actually one of the stories that got the New York Post uh, kicked off of uh, Twitter or censored for some time because of the damning allegations and revelations regarding it. So it seems that whenever there is a uh, damaging story of this nature regarding 
Hunter Biden or the Biden family in Ukraine or with shady business deals with uh, Chinese uh, billionaires and oil companies over there in which uh, Hunter Biden has absolutely no expertise in or no business uh, except to taint uh, the U.S. Uh, national security by being compromised himself, these stories get covered up. So it's very interesting to see that when Victoria Nuland, who's a high-level State Department official, uh, testifying in front of Congress under oath, suggesting and stating openly that yes, there are bio labs in Ukraine. Then you had Senator Marco Rubio interrupt her in the middle of her testimony and say, oh no, uh, if there's going to be a release of any pathogens or biological weapons in Ukraine, of course, it's the Russians. And I'm no fan of Vladimir Putin and my entire, uh, you know, uh, background uh, as somebody who's worked in the U.S. energy industry and in uh, conservative think tanks and, and advising uh, two U.S. presidential campaigns uh, was never to promote Russian interests. But what I am seeing is a, uh, a, a complex in the United States which does want to cover up the misdeeds of the Democrats, of high-level Democrat operatives, including the Biden family in Ukraine, and somehow uh, put the blame on Russia for everything that's going on over there. And I think that's absurd. And it's something that uh, journalists uh, really need to get to the bottom of because uh, this has to do with national security. And if the Biden family themselves are compromised, which has resulted in this invasion by Putin, this is something the American people need to know. Absolutely. And we also know the CIA footprint has probably been, been in certainly in Eastern Ukraine for uh, 50, 60, 70 years back to the Soviet Union era. And that footprint probably still remains rather strong in Eastern Ukraine. And the minerals, the natural minerals, that's another component to all this. And the oligarchs are poised to get richer. And that $14 billion, George, that we just sent over there, what, what are the odds that it's actually gonna get to the Ukrainian people? And what are the odds it's gonna end up in gold bars uh, in the oligarchs' uh, safes? But I want to shift gears before I let you go, and I want to talk about the Durham report to remind people uh, Durham is investigating the whole Hillary Clinton, Russia um, gate, if you will, and he has handed down some indictments. Um, it looks like there's going to be trials. It seems to me, George, that um, Durham is doing a classic uh, investigative tool, and that is nibble around the outer circle with the goal of going after who's in the inner circle. So who's in the inner circle? I've said, uh, and you could go back and uh, your viewers uh, could actually look back at some of my interviews going back as far as uh, 2018, 2019, uh, in which I stated that uh, Durham was looking into a conspiracy case and he was building a conspiracy case. And uh, I knew this um, based on just the ex extremely bizarre situation uh, that I found myself in, that General Flynn found himself in, some others on Trump's campaign and the president himself, uh, in which uh, basically the intelligence community created a scenario of Russian collusion. And I always said that uh, in order for them to pull this off, uh, they must have teamed up with Hollywood scriptwriters because uh, there was no legitimate basis whatsoever and when Durham started to look into this, when he started peeling back the onion of corruption, I understood it led exactly to the Clinton campaign and the Obama administration and the White House. And that's exactly where this is going. I think now that Durham has Clinton's lawyer, 
He has uh, Christopher Steele's source. He's going to go directly higher up into Hillary Clinton herself, and we'll see whether Hillary Clinton explains that high-level White House Obama officials were actually instructing her to feed this bad information to the FBI that resulted in all of these investigations that really upended our country. Well, I hope Mr. Durham has a remote start on his car, and I'm serious about that. I hope that uh, <laughs> uh, he sleeps with some sort of uh, security and protection because, as we know, uh, folks who hang out around the Clintons and then go against them uh, tend to disappear. George, if folks want to uh, order your book, what's the best way to do it? Sure. Uh, so the book uh, is on Amazon. It's the easiest way to get it. And it really explains uh, a lot of what I tried to explain in the last one minute regarding this uh, conspiracy case that Durham is building. So if people are very interested in the origins and how this entire uh, scandal evolved and what I believe Durham is looking into, the book really gives you an A to Z outlook into it. And uh, Amazon is definitely the best place to get it. And I'm sure you'll uh, enjoy it. All right, George. So if you're looking up the book, it's Papadopoulos, Common Spelling. George, thank you and enjoy Italy. Coming up next, the mask may be gone, but the damage is done to millions and millions of school children, possibly irreversible damage, as the Ledger Report continues. The Ledger Report is brought to you by MyPillow.com. Please go to MyPillow.com and enter Ledger in the promo code box for up to 66% off. Mike Lindell is a warrior for the Constitution and our Judeo-Christian values. Please support him by supporting MyPillow. That's MyPillow.com and enter Ledger, L-E-D-G-E-R, in the promo code box for up to 66% off. Also buy Relief Factor, pain relief without prescriptions and without harmful addictive medications. Go to ReliefFactor.com forward slash Ledger for a natural homeopathic way to relieve nagging chronic pain or call 833-425-7246. 833-425-7246 for relief factor pain relief and by phd economist dr kirk elliott inflation is going through the roof kirk elliott has been protecting income and retirement assets for over two decades graham ledger owns gold and silver and you should consider it too go to kirk forward slash ledger that's elliott with two l's and two t's kirk forward slash ledger to protect yourself from out of control government thank you for supporting the ledger report Hello everyone, this is John Michael Chambers, the creator and founder of American Media Periscope. Family, finances, faith, and freedom are four things that most of us would do almost anything to protect. At American Media Periscope, we trust the team at Sovereign Advisors with financial advice. With over 27 years of experience, a team that believes in people over profit and shares our views that family, finances, faith, and freedom need to be protected can help you protect your finances from erosion due to governmental policies that are out of our control. What is in our control? Our own decision to act or to not act. At American Media Periscope, we encourage you to act. Action changes things. Call Sovereign Advisors today, ask your Dr. Kirk Elliott, and start working with a team that will help you protect your retirement assets while sharing your desire to protect family, faith, and freedom. Call them today at 720-605-3900 and tell them John Michael Chambers sent you. Remember, freedom, it's up to us. And I will tell you this. Americans know they're being lied to. They know the decisions coming out of the White House and the CDC are politically driven. And let me tell you this for sure. 
Kansans are mad and they're upset. And they know this lie is continuing and their anger continues to grow. And at the end of every town hall, I can tell you two or three people will grab me and say, please, please keep fighting for our freedoms. This is what else they tell me. They tell me they don't trust the CDC anymore, that the CDC has lost their reputation. And I'm telling you, it'll be difficult for them to ever get it back. And now they're being told that we have to wear masks on airplanes for another month or so. Another horrible decision coming from the White House. More ill advice from the CDC. And all the time we know that these masks, with these masks come a psychosocial downfall, that it creates problems. But the CDC continues to lust for control, control our lives and exert their control over us, over me, over our children and our grandchildren. And think about the damage that the CDC has done. Think about the irreparable damage, not only to the CDC's credibility. I believe this. I believe if the Republican Party takes command in Washington, D.C. again, as it had control in 2017, remember, when President Trump was sworn in, there was a majority in both the House and the Senate among Republicans. It was the trifecta. And they didn't do squat, really. I mean, we got lower taxes. Wonderful. I love that. Of course I love lower taxes. But they didn't build the wall because Trump was lied to by the leadership uh, in Congress. But if, if this trifecta happens again and they don't do serious work to defund the CDC, yeah, the CDC, defund it, and the NIH, put in a new organization of about 12 people that are paid minimum wage to do the job and not corrupted by big pharma. And that's the reason the CDC is a mess. As President Trump said about six months ago, he said, when I was president, I found out real quick that the CDC is Pfizer and Pfizer is the CDC. That's not a very ringing endorsement, is it? And oh, by the way, I want to remind you that during the government response to the so-called pandemic, which was a lie, all it was was a virus, we found out, I didn't know this, but I know it now, that the vast majority of penicillins, the psyllins, antibiotics, are made in China. Now, if your leadership in government, shouldn't that have been a red flag to you that somehow, some way, you ought to bring that back to US shores? You know, kind of like producing petroleum and producing gasoline. You want to do it for national security purposes? Didn't anybody think this through? Didn't the CDC think this one through that maybe it's not a great idea that penicillin is made in China and that if we happen to get in some sort of tete-a-tete -tete with China, that they could hold it over our heads, that people would die? This is the CDC. The CDC is a mess. Now, currently, the CDC recommends that children aged five and up get the jab, the so-called vaccine. Your government is encouraging parents to inject into young children what Big Pharma has already admitted is gene therapy in children as young as five years old. It's an injection that comes with many lethal side effects, short-term, long-term, 
We have no clue. We have no clue what is to come. Think about that. This is the same CDC that forced 330 million Americans, including children, to wear useless face coverings when right there on the CDC website is a study done in 2018. I can show it to you. 2018, that concludes masks do zero to mitigate the spread of any virus. What have these bureaucrats and politicians done to our children? And is it irreversible? Joining me now from Malibu, California, forensic psychiatrist and therapist, Dr. Carol Lieberman, MD. Carol, uh, 2020 and 2021, the way I look at it, what these politicians and frankly, the American people allowed to have happen to our children was legalized child abuse. I don't know how else to look at it. How do you look at it? I totally agree with you. I have been trying to warn people. I mean, you know, when it comes to adults, I think uh, the best thing to say about that really is that everybody needs to have their own choice. But when it comes to children, I have been really adamant about saying that parents should not get, uh, let their children get the vaccines. Because for some of the reasons that you were just saying, I mean, the idea is not only, of course, they've been hiding all the uh, side effects in adults, but uh, I mean, we know about with kids, uh, teens and early 20s, that, that we, we have found out about how the, they've been having heart problems from uh, right. some of the vaccines. But the kids, you know, ever going ever, ever younger, of course, it's a money making uh, scheme because there is no way that we could know, even with the best intended uh, studies, we, there's no way we could know what impact these vaccines would have five years from now, 10 years from now, because the kids' organs are still growing. Their heart is growing, their brain is growing. We can't possibly say that it's safe. And now to keep moving it down lower and lower ages, of course it's just a money-making scheme. And so we look at what has transpired in the last couple of years vis-a-vis -vis children, school children, what they've done. Their lives completely disrupted. Uh, they've been turned into social morons. I'm sorry, they've been isolated. How, look at what this has done to their social lives. But if you look at Maryland, for example, I've got some numbers here. The last year, only 15% of school children passed the math test. This is a standardized math test. 15%! And 15% passed the English standard uh, test. This is the greatest single year decline in the history of any state ever. There is your evidence of what, not just with the vaccines, not with just the masks, but what I don't, you know, I don't believe it was good intentions, Carol. I just, any rational person should have realized when they were doing this, that you keep schools open and you, and you close down the, the nursing homes. We did the opposite. We opened up the nursing homes to the disease and we shut down schools. Right. Yes. Uh, and I still think Cuomo needs to be put in jail for killing all those people in the nursing homes. Um, yes, it was a big mistake. And, and it was so it should have been obvious because children are the least likely to get sick from coronavirus. And and uh, and so, you know, working doing things to them that you're working at the wrong end of the spectrum and of course yes not being able to go to school i mean i've been continuing to do therapy on zoom with families and i see the damage that the children are having from not being able to be with their friends from uh, not being taught in person i mean you must know kids are just um you know even when they were having the uh, classes online kids are just they're tuning in <coughs> excuse me 
if if they're if the teacher is able to see who is tuned in then they tune in but they're looking on their on their phone they're doing all kinds of other things they're not paying attention yeah yeah but the, those are kids kids will be kids <laughs> you know parents are supposed to be adults and teachers are supposed to be adults but apparently we've abdicated these or some Americans have abdicated these roles, but it gets even deeper than that, Carol. There's research now that in the last couple of years that babies and toddlers are now suffering speech delays. In other words, they're not learning to speak as quickly as children have in the past. Well, duh, for the past two years, they've been seeing people with coverings on their mouths. Yes. So not only are they able, unable to read mouths uh, and, and they're getting symbolically this idea that you're not supposed to, for the children, they're not supposed to speak, you know, putting something over their mouth. Um, it, and all the social effects of that, the psychological effects of um, not being able to communicate with people, you know, um, and understand them, understand their emotions and so on. So, yes. Um, this has been a disaster in all, all different ways. And of course, you know, our educational system was already failing before coronavirus. Right. We were already having problems because of, uh, well, a number of things, because of instead of teaching more reading and writing and arithmetic, they were teaching CRT and twist and masturbation and twisted things about sex that you should do instead of being your the sex you were born with and all of that. Uh, so right. we were we weren't even before coronavirus. We weren't teaching kids what they should be learning. Be learning, but um, but now of course it's even worse, and uh, and kids are certainly suffering from that. And America you know, is getting more and more behind in the world in terms of the the intelligence, the uh, the knowledge, in any case, yeah. of our kids. Hey, Carol, I'm flat out of time, but I got to ask you with a yes or no question, and then maybe we'll have you back on and we'll explore this more. Do you believe that the damage done to these children over the last couple of years in particular um, is irreparable damage and will affect them downstream the rest of their lives? I think that schools need to um, keep everybody behind and repeat the last two years and and add some psychological counseling into the curriculum. And, you know, maybe we can try to catch up somewhat, but we'll never be we'll never be where we were. Carol Lieberman, uh, thank you very much. And we'll check back with you. This is a very important topic. Thank you. Still ahead. The incredible lie being told by Marxist idiots in Congress about the one point five trillion dollar spending plan as the ledger report continues government induced inflation taxes rising interest rates and political instability they all have a crushing effect on our investments often causing the stock market to go down they can also cause gold and silver to go up there's a time to be in stocks bonds and mutual funds and there's a time to get out this is the time to hold gold and silver Kirk Elliott, double PhD, has been protecting individual Americans' assets for more than two decades. Hi, I'm Kirk Elliott. There is no such thing as a bad investment. There is only bad timing for investments. And now is the time to own gold and silver. Now is the time to own physical metals in an IRA, a 401k, and of course, outside of a retirement plan. Don't let the government destroy your hard-earned assets. Please call 720-605-3900. 720-605-3900 for gold, silver, and undeniable economic protection against out-of-control government.
Attention, this is an important message for anyone diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma after being exposed to Roundup or other weed killers. In 2015, the Internal Agency for Research on Cancer warned that overexposure to Roundup and other weed killers may increase the risk of developing non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. After losing a number of court cases, the maker of Roundup recently announced that a global settlement had been reached and agreed to pay over $10 billion to resolve pending cases. Please call 800-376-1935. What purpose does the gentlewoman from Ohio seek recognition? Madam Speaker, I ask unanimous consent to address the Stop House for one. Stop. <laughs> ax. I ax permission. Is this the best you got, Cleveland? I mean, seriously. Look at her demeanor. Listen, the framers of the Constitution wanted anybody with a brain to go to Congress and serve and then go home. This one obviously has a, a long career ahead of her, given her stranglehold on the nomenclature and on our English language. Uh, but I just can't believe that in the entire Cleveland and Akron area, this is the best you got. Cleveland, Cleveland, a city that was part of the uh, Rust Belt, people used to like to say. But prior to that, a proud, proud steel, one of the steel cities, almost as big a steel city as, as Pittsburgh, was a key route, of course, and for, for, for the passage of all kinds of trade, but also Standard Oil, Rockefeller, the home of Standard Oil. And we know what the politicians, the Democrat politicians post-World War II have done to, to Cleveland. It's a shame. And this woman, unfortunately, is a shining example of what is wrong with the leadership in Cleveland. Roll tape. One minute and to revise and extend my remarks. The gentlewoman is recognized stop for tape, one minute. Stop, tape, stop, stop. It reminds me, it reminds me. In 1787, during the Constitutional Convention, Benjamin Franklin, toward the end of the Constitutional Convention, wanted to give a speech urging his colleagues to accept and ratify what they had hammered out, what would soon to be the United States Constitution minus the amendments. But he was suffering from such severe gout at the time, a bone-crushing and painful kind of disease, that he couldn't give the speech, and he handed it off to a colleague to give the speech. But Ben Franklin was one of the greatest orators in American history. And Ben Franklin didn't always get along with all of his peers at the time and Alexander Hamilton or, or George Mason, but they all pulled in the same direction and they were all brilliant in their own right. And I just wonder if Benjamin Franklin were alive today and he saw these ding-dongs, these intellectual midgets who come to the well of Congress and deliver these mind-lemmingly stupid speeches, what he would say about that today. I don't know if he could handle it. Roll tape. Madam Speaker, in just the last few weeks, Congress has sent a number of critical bills to President Biden's desk. This Stop tape. Stop tape. Critical bills. Critical bills like Juneteenth. Because I don't even know what Juneteenth is. But Juneteenth is now a national holiday. Right in the middle of a crushing government response to a little itty bitty virus 
that in the end had a mortality rate no worse than the flu, crushing the economy, crushing the supply chains, driving inflation up, Joe Biden killing the XL pipeline, choking off any oil exploration in this country, imposing climate change crapola on the American people, all in the name of protecting the environment when we all know what it is. It's a massive effort to redistribute wealth. It's just another tax. On a global scale, it's an effort to take money out of the United States and give it to third world countries. Put the United States, cut it down to size. That's why Obama wanted the climate change. Obama's running Biden. We all know this. That's why they want climate change. They want to cut the United States down to size, and they're doing a hell of a job. But now we have June third or Juneteenth. Can't even say it. Juneteenth. Juneteenth. Juneteenth is now an Independence Day. Independence from what? Now, don't say I didn't do my research on Juneteenth. I have. I still don't quite understand why it is an Independence Day now. An Independence Day? No, we have one Independence Day. Oh, what is it, Graham? It's July 4th, a.k.a. the 4th of July. That's my Independence Day. You can do whatever you want on Juneteenth. Moves legislation to finally making lynching a federal hate crime after Stop more than tape. Stop the tape. Why, why, why in the wide world of sports do you have to make lynching a federal hate crime? Lynching is murder. Murder is murder. How can you punish anybody more than death penalty when you commit murder? A federal hate crime? Who cares? When you commit murder, most of the time it's because you hate the person. I don't think you commit murder because you love a person, is it? Lynching is murder. You can call it lynching. And by the way, I don't seen a lot of lynching lately. So <laughs> why the great need? I mean, it's not a laughable thing. Of course, it's murder. You shouldn't laugh at murder, but why all of a sudden are we worried about lynching? Roll tape. 200 attempts across a century. It includes sweeping legislation to reform and repair the Postal Service, ensuring Stop the tape. The Postal Service needs to be shut down. I know it's in the Constitution, but the Postal Service, as it's run by the, quote, federal government, needs to be shut down. It is dysfunctional and it has been dysfunctional for decades now. We, the American people, keep bailing out the Postal Service because it is operational junk and Federal Express and UPS and even Amazon prove that every day. They seem to get packages from one coast to the other coast or one part of the world to another part of the world overnight. You have to pay for it, no problem. But here's the post office, we need more money. Why does the post office need more money? It's not because of moving packages and, and postal around. It's because of the gold-plated parachutes that they have given postal workers, aka their retirement benefits. Gold-plated. That's why. They can't fund it. So we have to fund their retirement plans over and over, year after year after year again. Shut it down. Privatize it. Let Federal Express and UPS handle the mail. It's a no-brainer. Why are we still doing this? And this woman, in all of her genius, comes to the floor. The well, 
of the House of Representatives, the People's House says, this is a great thing. We just bailed out the post office again. Unbelievable. Still to come, the Federal Reserve sticks one finger into an economic dike that is filled with financial and fiscal holes, thousands of them, as the Ledger Report continues. Attention, have you or a loved one been diagnosed with cancer after using Zantac or other heartburn medications for several months? You may be entitled to compensation. Call Zantac Justice now for a free legal case review. The FDA has warned that Zantac and other medications containing heartburn drug ranitidine may be contaminated with cancer-causing agent NDMA. Consult your physician prior to discontinuing any use of medication. Please call 800-868-3048. Labor demand is very strong, and while labor force participation has increased somewhat, labor supply remains subdued. As a result, employers are having difficulties filling job openings, and wages are rising at their fastest pace in many years. FOMC participants expect the labor market to remain strong, with the median projection for the unemployment rate declining to 3.5% by the end of this year, and remaining near that level thereafter. Inflation remains well above our longer-run goal of 2%. Aggregate demand is strong, and bottlenecks and supply constraints are limiting how quickly production can respond. These supply disruptions have been larger and longer-lasting than anticipated, exacerbated by waves of the virus here and abroad, and price pressures have spread to a broader range of goods and services. Additionally, higher energy prices are driving up overall inflation. The surge in prices of crude oil and other commodities that resulted from Russia's invasion of Ukraine will put additional upward pressure on near-term inflation here at home. We understand that high inflation imposes significant hardship, especially on those least able to meet the higher costs of essentials like food, housing, and transportation. We know that the best thing we can do to support a strong labor market is to promote a long expansion and that is only possible in an environment of price stability. As we emphasize in our policy statement, with appropriate firming in the stance of monetary policy, we expect inflation to return to 2% while the labor market remains strong. That said, inflation is likely to take longer to return to our price stability goal than previously expected. See, Jerome Powell apparently doesn't understand what's going on in the real world. I don't know what kind of ivory tower he lives in. But employers are dying out there because this labor market is dysfunctional. And it's dysfunctional because of the federal government. The federal government and other governments across the world, for that matter, but led by the United States federal government, has crushed the private sector with all kinds of crapola over the last two years, in ostensibly in response to a virus, right? And so now, these businesses can't hire people because number one, people are staying home and they figured out that they can live selling off of Amazon or whatever. They're out of the labor pool and they're not gonna go back in or they're collecting government paychecks somehow, social security, when they, they shouldn't be collecting social security or they're so mentally messed up from being scared to death for two years that they're afraid to go work and be functional human beings. It's a mess in the United States right now, an absolute mess. 
Where is Ronald Reagan when you need him? Now, Jerome, a.k.a. the Fed, doesn't seem too concerned about inflation, does he? He seems very confident that inflation is, quote, transitory. <laughs> the problem is inflation has been with us now for quite some time. And most of it, if not all of it, is due to the geniuses in Washington, D.C., who apparently actually believe, they actually believe that deficit spending by government is good for the economy. <laughs> they are economic illiterates. Joining me now from Nashville, Tennessee, economist, member of President Reagan's Economic Advisory Board and namesake of the Laffer Curve, Art Laffer. Art, true inflation, how I measure it is bread. And I know the cost of bread when I go to the grocery store uh, is going up. And I also look at inflation in another way, and I know I think you would agree with this, that inflation is a massive tax increase for all Americans. We're not in a great situation right now. I, I think you're right on inflation. I don't know the price of bread myself, Graham, so please forgive me. Sandwiches now I do know, but not bread. But you're right. Inflation's here. It's been here for quite a while, and it shows no signs of abating as far as I can tell. And what you just played on uh, Powell's talk there uh, shows that you're right. He doesn't understand what's going on. It's not because of uh, oil going up or one this, that, or the other. Uh, basically, it's because of a very sharp increase in the quantity of money in the U.S. and also, as you say, the increase in the demand for goods because of government programs. Uh, holding people out of the labor force and reducing production. So it's not as simple as what President Reagan inherited from Jimmy Carter, is it? It's not like Paul Volcker can go raise rates and things will snap back. It's, it's much more complex than what it was in the 80s, isn't it? I don't think so. I, I mean, the problem with this Fed is they don't take interest rates seriously. Uh, when we took office on January 20th, 1981, Graham, uh, the prime interest rate in the United States of America was 21.5%. Uh, inflation was about 15, 16%. Uh, by having the interest rate higher than the rate of inflation, uh, it tightened the monetary base and the money supply dramatically, and we were able to bring inflation down and under control. What these guys are doing is these guys think 2% discount rate is enough to stop inflation when inflation on the CPI is running at 7% and on the producer's price index that's running at 10%, which is not going to control anything. It's just going to lead to higher and higher inflation. And they're still buying all those bonds in the market, which they should not be expanding the monetary base and money supply. Too much money out there. But if, if, if yeah. we measure inflation uh, now, Art, as you did back in the 80s, you used a different mechanism to measure inflation. Uh, from what I understand, if we measured using the mechanism that you were using in the 80s, inflation would be maybe double what the number is right now, it's certainly double digits. Would that be correct in your mind? That, that could very possibly be correct. I don't remember the specific metrics of how we did it, whether we used a posh or spares or an index to how we did the indexing and connectors, but it could well be a lot higher. We have changed the metric for measuring inflation over the last years, uh, primarily putting more of it into production growth and less of it into inflation. But back then, we put it almost all into inflation. That's true. Okay, so the Fed is going to raise rates. It already raised uh, a little bit. It says uh, Powell says they're going to raise, I think, uh, five more times, six more times this year. Um, you know, that puts the, the prime rate in a certain area. When you look at the national debt, and I know you're a debt hawk, 
as I am. $30 trillion now, it's clicking toward 30 and, and a half. I check that debt clock, Art, once in a while, debtclock.org. I, I have to go there. I, I just have to. I just checked it this morning. It's not looking good. But when we start looking at the debt service on our national debt, uh, this starts to concern me in the big picture when interest rates start going up. How concerned should we be worried about this? Well, I think it's a very serious concern because obviously if they paid market rates on the interest just to cover inflation, you would have the short-term rate at 7% right now, uh, higher than that. In fact, I think it's, what is it, 7.9 on the CPI, Graham? And uh, you'd have it on the 10% level at, at the producer's price index. That would just be to cover inflation. That wouldn't have any real interest rate to it. If you had that on the national debt, and let's say we used it on the whole national debt, uh, that would add something like $3 trillion a year, $3.2 trillion a year just in spending to, to fund servicing the national debt, ca catastrophically large. So those yeah. are really very serious concerns, Graham, and I think you're, you're quite correct. By the way, I don't think you should ever go to that clock again. I mean, it, that's like going to your dentist for fun. I mean, you know, I don't want to have my teeth drilled. And I, gee whiz, I mean, whoo, you're a stronger I'm man a nerd. than I. Well, I'm an economic you, nerd. That too, probably. It, it, that probably too. Part of the equation, uh, you know, it pains to laugh at this stuff, but we have politicians out there, leaders so-called in Washington, D.C., like Buttigieg comes out and Pelosi come out, and they tell the American people, that deficit spending, what we used to call deficit spending, I don't even know what they call it anymore, normal spending in Washington, mm -hmm. D.C., that deficit spending actually reduces the deficit. <laughs> now, I mean, this is so mind-boggling to me. I, I don't know how uh, the American people, if they have a brain at all, can even not sit there and laugh at this people, that, that deficit spending, that the deficit doesn't somehow hurt our big picture in our economy in this country. Yeah, and Nancy Pelosi, if you'll remember, said that increasing unemployment benefits reduces unemployment. <laughs> remember that because the unemployed people spend it all and create so much demand that they're, I mean, it is silly. It is just silly in the extreme. And these people are uneducated. Uh, they may be able to act like they're intelligent, but they aren't really. And they don't know any economics. And I don't know why they still hang around. And even so, why they choose to talk about these topics when they are totally ignorant on them it's beyond me, but they do. They just never, ever stop. You give them a microphone and they're off to the races. <clears throat> okay, Art, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave you with a math question, but I, I want you to do an answer for me, okay? okay. Gold Thank revalue, the, the topic is gold revaluation. I, I'm reading that some sovereign nations are considering revaluating gold so they can drive down their sovereign debt, right? And so as soon as I read that alarm bells went off and I started thinking, well, Chuck Schumer's reading that, Nancy Pelosi's reading that, these geniuses in Washington, D.C., Janet Yellen is reading this. In the United States, currently the Federal uh, Reserve or whoever makes this decision, I don't know, you correct me if it's not the Federal Reserve, pegs gold at $42 an ounce it, it, as the federal government reads gold, which is obviously about 50 times lower than what it is in the open market at $1,900 an ounce. What would happen if the federal government and these federal, these sovereign nations start revaluating gold and all of a sudden gold moves from $42 an ounce as pegged by the United States government to $1,900 an ounce? What would happen? Yeah, well, let me just tell you, there's a very technical area here and I'm surprised uh, you're on to that, but uh, there is something called the gold budget. <laughs> 
And when we uh, had the gold budget, one of the reasons for raising the price of gold from $35 to, to $42 an ounce, as George Schultz said it then, we are willing to raise the price of something we are neither willing to buy nor sell. Uh, and the reason that was put in there is very simply, we have a gold budget that when that happens, it is a reduction not of the deficit per se, but it reduces expenditures, which is the silliest thing I've ever seen. It's an offset to expenditures and not to uh, anything else. It's not a revenue source of what. And that is the gold budget, which has been in there. And I didn't know anyone even knew about that, but that is true. If we raised it to, let's say a thousand dollars an ounce or $2,000 an ounce, uh, 50 fold, that would be a huge reduction It's accounting terms, a huge reduction in government expenditures by the way they do the accounting. Obviously it's silly, it's silly in the extreme. Um, we have all that gold in Fort Knox and it's worth what it's worth. Uh, what I'd like to do is see us sell that gold in the open market. Uh, I don't know why our government keeps huge inventories of gold and silver, but they do. But there is Would a you ever technical thing on budgets. It's just weird. And congratulations on digging that out and bringing it to people's <laughs> attention. Well, I want to talk to you more about gold and silver, maybe going back on the gold standard and how you think about it. But we'll have to do that in another program. Art Laffer, something like that. You are a national treasure. Thank you very much. Coming up next, how you can and must take back your culture, your language, and your God as the Ledger Report continues. Hello everyone, this is John Michael Chambers, the creator and founder of American Media Periscope. Now, did you know that annuities are a great way to protect a portion of your retirement portfolio from downside risk? And unlike CDs and money market accounts, they accumulate tax deferred and can participate in the upside of market indexes. And they are probate free and can provide an income you can't outlive. Let a company you can trust help you select an annuity that's right for you. Call the Cleveland Insurance Group at 844-USA-2024. That's 844-USA-2024. Tell them John Michael Chambers sent you. And welcome back to the Ledger Report. It is time now for the Ledger Register, which is the question that we ask once in a while of you about what's going on in the world right now. Vladimir Putin's invasion of Ukraine, it's not just about Russia invading Ukraine. There is much more to it than that. But who occupies the White House is a crucial component to this complex geopolitical realignment, our Ledger Register question. Would Putin have invaded Ukraine if Trump or Reagan had been in office? Please go to GrahamLedger.com to register your answer. Thanks in advance for participating. Some final thoughts now. It is your culture, your nomenclature, your God, and it's time to take it all back. It is an insult to the God of Abraham, and frankly, it's the work of Satan himself, to idly accept currently going on this attack in this republic, on your common sense. It's also an insult to our culture for politicians and pundits to decree something as accepted that is scientifically impossible. It's also an insult to your intelligence to be told that black is white and up is down. USA Today, which is a parent publication for many, many media outlets across the nation, has issued its list of 
women of the year, so-called. On that list is a guy, that's right, a man, who used to be named Richard today, that biological male wants you and everybody else to call him Rachel. That's because Richard started wearing women's clothing about 10 years ago. Okay, sure, fine. Knock yourself out, dick. I mean, Richard or Rachel. Who cares if you wear women's clothing? However, here's what any American with a brain should care about. People accepting this garbage from USA Today, along with people who don't accept it but still call him a her. This entire pronoun-changing nonsense is just that. It's nonsense. It's an assault on your common sense, your language, and your belief in natural law. You must reject USA Today and tell them why. Any publication that calls Biden's Assistant Secretary for Health, Rachel Levine, a she, must be held accountable. They are lying to you. Rachel is a man, therefore he is not a she. Don't fall for it. Bruce Jenner, AKA Caitlin, is a he who wears women's clothing and who may or may not have had some kind of surgery. I don't know and I don't care. But what I do care about is you calling Bruce Caitlin a she. He is not a she, you get it? It's absurd. We're even having this conversation. In fact, it's an abomination, but it's also now common tactics of the Marxist left. Don't let the Marxists control your free speech. By using she described Jenner or Levine, you are fueling this fundamental attack on nature and on the bedrock foundation of this republic endowed by our creator. This is an attack on your unalienable rights to life, liberty, happiness, and scientific fact. Men can wear a dress and have all the surgery in the world, but guess what? Those guys are still guys. They still have Y chromosomes. They're not women, they are men. So don't fall for it as some so-called conservative news outlets do. Oh yeah, on some of your favorite trusted sites, when they write about that male college swimmer who is shattering all the records because he is a man stuffed into a lady's swimsuit, those sites call him a her. Reject that and tell them so. It's up to you. Take back your culture, take back your nomenclature, take back what is exclusively the domain of God. This edition of The Ledger Report, it's on its way to the Archives and Library of Congress. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. I'm Graham Ledger. And remember, even when I'm wrong, I'm right. Thank you.